want to thank everyone for tuning in to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. And thank you for continuing to share the show with your friends and, you know, co-workers, wherever you happen to know and enjoy podcasts. Um, while you're sharing it, if you could give us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Podbean, where our show originates from, anywhere that you can give us a five-star rating would be appreciated. It helps us climb up the metrics and be able to bring more content to you. And if you've always wondered, hey, what do they look like while recording the show? Well, for almost a year now, we have been streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash geek in the city you can interact with uh, fellow listeners you can interact with us you know what we just have a great time every week hanging out and being you know just the nerds that we are we all have a lot of fun we would love you to join us twitch.com forward slash geek in the city as always the podcast will always be free and let's get it started right now Welcome to issue 687 of Geek in the City Radio. I am one of your hosts, Rita. And I am your other host, uh, Cable Hashitani. We are coming to you remotely uh, this this week. Um, Aaron is here, but he's invisible. Invisible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm coming to you live from the... Ooh. <laughs> the best I got, y'all. He's a ghost. I- Aaron, I like you as a disembodied voice. It's kind of fun. It, it, it <laughs> fits with uh, the whole thing that we do here, which is what do we do here? Um, processing. <laughs> um, and and then he's gone. He's going to do that all night. He sure he's is going to come in and come out. And he's, I, I know he's not feeling great, but he is going to thoroughly enjoy himself, I believe, this evening. Yep. You know, just, just commit commit as much as you want to. Yep. But yeah, uh, so uh, Aaron is not feeling great this evening, so he's running everything from his home. I'm here at uh, Guardian Games, and Bean is coming to you from, uh, what do you call your home? Uh, Beanski Station. Beansky Station. That's good. I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, you know, like going to Tashi Station. It had to do with... To pick up some power converters? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. It had to do with the, the power setup of the house. There's a lot of smart things and electrical... Oh, okay. No, I get that. I follow. Yeah. That, I like that. Um, uh, I don't know what we'll call the next place. It will come to you. Better have something interesting. <laughs> you you will know it. It will it will tell you what it wants to be named. And now I'm going to do this weird sitting thing. It's, it's weird having the room to myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm. Uh, I've definitely. Uh, part- I'm definitely participating in some like bisexual seating over here. Hmm. I've got I've got all my things that in my house that I like. <laughs> that's fair. That's, that's, that's fair. what they call it. I don't know why that's funny. Because it's funny. <laughs> I don't. I like it's a thing. Because we don't know how to sit properly in chairs. Yes, this is true. Or couches. Yep. I mean, I I can't laugh. I I don't identify as bisexual, but I certainly sit in things that would tell people otherwise. So, do you peg your pants? No. Yeah. See, that's. Yeah. 
You're fine. Sometimes. Ooh, what are your thoughts on uh, oat milk iced lattes? I don't like them iced. I I like iced in the hot times, and oat is the superior milk alternative. So, so yes. Uh, Bean, you can keep denying it, but I don't know. All right, I'm gonna go now. Ghost out. He's now set himself up that he's going to have to say ghost in every time he's <laughs> the show. I hope, I hope he heard that because... Oh, I know I, he did. I he's hearing it. all of this. I he's expect it. All of it. Um, hey, Bean. So what are we doing on the show tonight? We are having a special guest tonight, a returning friend of the show. Uh, we'll get to talk about their latest uh, upcoming project. It's not new, new, but it might be new to a lot of people. It's not new. It is actually the tenth anniversary of. Yes, this specific you're right. So that uh, that will be coming up here shortly. Uh, between then and now, I'm stumped. You got me. I can tell you about my delicious Sailor Moon sodas. <laughs> oh, that's very that's lovely. I um, I know everyone else has talked about it, but I I. I want to bring up the fact that uh, everything, everywhere, all at once, it didn't sweep, but it took a lot of awards at the Academy Awards on Sunday. Yeah. So elaborate on that. I don't watch award shows because I think they're all mostly bullshit, but I am pleased they are. At, uh, at the turnout this year. So the trick with award shows is, and awards in general, um, oh, really? Ah. Um, Aran says most awards by a single movie since Slumdog Millionaire. Um, you know, I've never seen Slumdog Millionaire. Anyway, I, I saw it. I don't, it's very outlandish. Sure. I recall. So is uh, uh, everything everywhere all at once, but that's. But you, all, but, but you always knew it was going to be that. I don't feel like I was expecting Slumdog Millionaire to be so outlandish. Hmm. Fair. Um, I think one of the things that I like, I don't care about the Oscars. Um, I'm right there with the folks that uh, are hashtag Oscars too white. Um, like, and I know that there were a lot of things that were still very, um, not problematic, but still not inclusive and not diverse. Um, and those issues still have to be addressed at like the studio level, um, as well as the Academy level. Like the, the members of the, the board members of the Academy have worked to diversify themselves, but the voting members of the Academy are still old and white and vote by nepotism Mm -hmm. rather than, well, that like they admittedly don't watch all of the movies that are up for an Academy Award. They just go like, "Yeah, I saw this one and I really liked it. I didn't watch the other three, so I didn't vote for them." It's like, "Fuck off!" That's not how that works, <laughs> or it is how that works, and it's not supposed to. Yeah, um, I, someone was saying, uh, "How did they describe it? A, a self-congratulatory something, something." I'm like, "That is what it is. It's, it's, it's." It's circle one jerk? organization. Is, yes. Did they use the word circle <laughs> jerk? That's Maybe. what all shows are, are self, but that's 
that is the point of them. Um, because especially, like, we make fun of actors for doing this, but they, there is a certain amount of actors that require some sort of, like, that used to be the only feedback that they would get on, I wonder how we did. Well, the, the movie did all right domestically, but, you know, we, we don't know. Oh, you won an award for it? Great. That means it was you did a really good job. Right. According to your peers. According to your peers. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what all awards are. Like it's how, how your peers think you did. Um, We, we joke about when we did nothing but give people uh, participation awards and now they just want everything handed to them. It's like, that's (laughs) actually also not how that, that's not what happened. Um, We gave, encouragement to people to do things regardless of how it turns out that is actually important to do (laughs) um right like i hate that argument of like yeah it's a whole generation of people who got uh i don't know why why are you doing that (laughs) he's writing in the wrong place um yeah the argument that uh millennials and on down are like yeah they're their opinion doesn't matter. They all expect things handed to them because they got participation awards. It's like, that's, they were encouraged to do things. That's what that is. It's like, it doesn't matter what the turnout is. The, the, the end result is you did a thing. You learned a thing from doing that. Uh, I think my favorite uh, outcome from from Oscars night is that now when you think about the song and the music video, Turned down for what? You can say that that music video <laughs> was brought to you by Academy Oscar, Award winning Academy Award winning directors. Yep. And the the juxtapose of that really tickles me because, um, like as we've discussed before, I'm not like not wild about that song and the video. Like, kind of confuses me. Uh, but other than that, I love everything they've ever done. So, I, which is to date. Two feature-length movies. Everything else has been... Yes. Okay. Well, I super love both of those things. Yeah. Swiss Army Man was their first feature-length movie. You did finally watch that, right? I still haven't watched that. Everything Everywhere All at Once is their second Uh feature-length movie. Mm -hmm. Everything else they've done have been... uh, They've been uh there they've directed an episode of this an episode of that and an episode of this or music videos uh aaron is mentioning in the chat that uh such awards can help a performer land better roles uh assuming they don't squander that goodwill i would argue that these days you kind of already have to be well known before you get that level of award yeah that there is that too. There's um, a friend of mine, Murr, uh, years ago said a thing to me because we were talking about cities and we were talking about Portland and New York and LA. And he, he mentioned that uh, like we were talking about like what, because at the time I hadn't had not really been to LA as an adult and I didn't really have any use for it. And everything that I saw about it was like, I don't like, LA is not for me. And he was explaining to me, he's like, my viewpoint on LA is LA 
gets confused a lot that people think you're supposed to go to LA to start something. Like you go to LA to start your career, to start, to become a big thing. And that's not what LA is. LA is where you come after you spent 20, 30 years doing the thing so that you were a master in that craft. And then you come to LA and they're like, yes, this is it. You're a genius. Here is a bag of money, enough money for you to, it is, it is a bag of fuck you money. Um, so that you can, you know, say fuck you to anyone. We want you to do this. Nah, fuck you. (laughs) Uh. Yes, we do. Um, but the, the, they then take it, repackage it, water it down for the masses and put it out there and they commercialize it. Um, it's where you, so LA is where you go when you're done. LA is where you go to finish things. Finish the thing. Like I have already made the thing. Now they bought it for me. They can take it and go. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that's uh, similar to what happened with the guy who created Severance. Yeah. Uh, that's like the only example I can think of right now. But but yes, that that's that kind of seems to be the way things have turned. And I guess it's probably just to do with technology, right? Like you don't have to be in the place to do the thing. Now more than ever, we can do things from great distances. <laughs> that was a great oh, now yes. more than ever. I like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Um, we we have these. We have tiny computers that we <laughs> like, carry around in our pockets. Uh, no, I, I did get a text from Merrick that says, have good pos- podcasting. Um, yeah, we have these. We can shoot video on them we can make movies we can make music um we can create apps we can do all kinds of things with these tiny computers that fit in our pockets so you're right from our couch yeah you don't have to be in a specific place in order to to um make things happen i like uh what aaron uh has to say too is like I really wish they broadcast the other Oscars, the ones for technical behind the camera work. So uh, you can get an Oscar as best grip or best key. What's funny is those folks get lit and it's a two hour party that happens to have little golden statues. That also it, it like happens earlier in the day, doesn't it? Okay. Uh, I believe it does. Although maybe not since it doesn't get aired, you could simultaneously do it. Yep. Aaron says, it, yes, it does. Um, did you watch any of the speeches, uh, Denise? I forgot to. It's been a crazy week. Well, that's fair. I, I watched them the night of because a- ABC's YouTube channel just put them up right away. Um, I watched um, the speeches for uh, Best Supporting um, Actor and Actress, Best Actor and Actress, Best Picture, Best Director. Um, yeah, I think those were the six. Uh, except for uh, Brendan Fraser's speech for Best Actor, everything else was everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I tried to watch it at work when I first heard, I was like, oh, look at that. Kei Hui Kwan won Best Supporting Actor. And I started watching his speech, which started off with 
my 84 year old mother is sitting at home watching this right now. Hi, mom. I won an Oscar. And I'm like, nope, nope. Watching this when I get home, I'm already crying. I am crying right now. I'm crying at work. This is not okay. I need to go home. No um, one can know. Yeah, I. they know I cry at work. They know I'm a big softie. Um, <laughs> that still somehow scares them. Um, I watched them all when I got home and just sat in a, a chair watching these videos, like, weeping openly. Like, it was ridiculous. I had dinner first. I didn't do it on an empty stomach. That would have been horrible. Um, like drinking. But, um, like... They they ended up being exactly what I expected them to be. Like both uh, Kehua Kwan and Michelle Yeoh's speeches were were great. They both have eighty four year old mothers that were watching. There's all oh yeah. There's footage of like there was a news crew at a huge event in um, uh, Malaysia uh, where where she there where she's from and where her mom is. So her mom, who is 84 and also looks fucking fabulous. It's like, you're not 84. You are not, you are not that woman's mother. <laughs> That's not, that is not possible. <laughs> um, but they, they basically had a news crew around her so that they could capture her res- response when her daughter won. Not Aww. quite sure what would have happened if she had lost. <laughs> But I don't think anyone thought that that was going to happen. I mean, I I don't. I, I I was having a conversation about this recently. Some people like specifically will go and see all of the movies that get nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, I I'm like I think I'm lucky if I've seen half of them because that's not how I choose my films. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never really know like. Is the uh, what is it? Is is Steven Spielberg's like childhood like semi autobiographical movie better? Is is it better? Is Michelle Williams going to win this thing? Um, I never really have enough context to to decide whether or not I think someone who I think should or deserves to win an award uh, will, mm-hmm. or what the competition looks like. Um, but I definitely felt like that really was the best movie all year long. It was for sure the best movie I saw all year long. I know that, um, I know that, that I heard conversations about that movie long after it had left the theater. Um, and I'm starting to get conversations again because people, in the past couple of months, I'm like, oh, I finally got around to watching that. I'm really pissed that I didn't watch it in the theater. It's like, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> that, that That's fair. Um, yeah, I, like, I think the only... I still haven't seen it, but I, I think the only other performance that is probably in that same realm is like, would have been Kate Blanchett's in Tar. Because just just the snippets I have seen from that film, I'm like, nope, that's that is super intense, and I'm already familiar enough with Kate Blanchett's work that when she goes, I'm going to put in an award winning performance. She puts in an award winning performance. 
she does that for bullshit movies. (laughs) (laughs) I did see Tar, and she is excellent in it, but I don't think that that movie... The, the context of the performances and the, the stories that are being told in those two movies is apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that everything everywhere is so much bigger, so much bigger. Uh, Tar is, like, is very intimate, like, uh, uh, comp- uh, inver- you know, inversely. Not having seen it, I think, too, if the character that you're embodying like mm-hmm. you can portray them faithfully and do an excellent job. If they're also someone that your your people can't quite connect with, or they're like, "Oh, I," it's like this is a wonderful for- performance. That person is a fucking jerk. I don't like them. Yeah, I don't think you're meant to like Tar. Yeah, that, that's also what I got. Is like. That com- uh, that conductor is a very polarizing human being, and is a real human being. I do they tell you that? In- well, you haven't seen it. I mean, I don't remember hearing or reading that it was based on a real person. Um, oh, that makes it harder. <laughs> uh, as far as I know, yes that that was a biographical. That was a biopic. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I could be wrong. Um. Yeah, the 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 character that uh, Michelle Yeoh played, however, just had every like you just yeah, you just felt for her the entire time. Eleanor really gave you things to care about. Um, I I do agree with Aaron that uh, well, I he he says that Jamie Lee Curtis was the considered the surprise because most people thought it was going to go to Angela Bassett for um, Wakanda forever. Which I still haven't seen. How have you not? Okay. We're going to hold, we're going to put a pin in that here's, one. Here's what happens. Cause I also didn't see quantum mania yet either. If I am otherwise occupied either like physically or mentally when a movie comes out, even if I wanted to see it, I will completely forget it exists. Okay. Uh, and then the window of time has passed and then I will not have seen it in the theater. Uh, and then I drag my feet on watching it at all. I don't know why it's maybe it's an ADHD thing, but, but that's what happens. And, uh, and that's what happened with Wakanda forever. I feel like that that falls into that same category of like, I've waited too long to text the person back. Now I can't text them. Ah. Oh, I waited too long to watch this movie. I can't watch it now because everyone else is watching. And, ah. Maybe I, I, that's not the logic that okay. I, I have, at least not like knowingly, but it could be like, you know, one of those like subconscious, like you've, you know, like that, that window of time has passed. Um, right. But I don't think that I, I have that because I had that thing where like I used to get, like you, when you're a kid, you, you, you're not allowed to interrupt. So you're waiting, you're waiting for the conversation, an opening in the conversation to say the thing you wanted to say. Uh, and that window comes three topics later. Uh, right. And then you get uh, embarrassed for talking about something that's past. Uh so I just interrupt. I'm just like, like, I guess I just interrupt you because I need to say this. I need to say this. Yeah. 
Um, I feel like that that's when you do watch it, I want to revisit um, a review of that because I know Aaron and I talked about it a bit on the show. I thought, I thought we did. Um, uh, Aaron says Tar is not based on a real person. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. He's not. It's a, a masterful marketing strategy. Great. I'm now a little less interested. Although, <laughs> although according to this, a large chunks of the backstory appear to have been inspired by that of Marin Alsop, uh, an American mm. musician. Gotcha. Who was a big deal, I guess. So, I don't know. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yep. Sounds good. But yeah, I... I I'd like to revisit uh, Wakanda Forever um, to talk about that on the show because I think it is it is very important um, on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel as though the Black Panther movies, both of them still remain outliers within the Marvel Cinematic Universe and like, yes, we're telling this story, but we're also talking about some other things that y'all need to be talking about on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with that, I, I think we should invite our guest on. Yes. I guess Aaron, Aaron would tell us if he was right. on there. I haven't seen a note yet. Uh, I know he's in the chat. Oh, he hasn't logged on yet. Okay. It's fine. Um, I will instead entertain you with a picture of Irma. Oh, look at that little nugget. It's a good sploot, right? <laughs> that is look an that excellent sploot. And that's coming from the house of sploot over here. Mm-hmm. Corgis love a sploot. Um, yeah, I, I need to rewatch uh, everything, every, everything Everywhere All at Once myself. Uh, I do have it on uh, Blu-ray. I just haven't rewatched. I'm not sure. I mean, like, I I do want to see it again, and I don't want to see it again. It was it was a lot for me. It was uh, it was very relatable in in certain elements of it, and uh, oh, I just don't know how that kind of emotional energy <laughs> yet again. Yeah, that's uh, hmm. um, yeah, that that's very true. Uh, I brought it up, uh, I think, a couple weeks ago. It's like you want to rewatch this? And Merrick's like, I do not have it in me to do that much introspection. Mm-hmm, I just, mm-hmm. I don't. Like, not tonight. It's like, okay, that's fair. Um, I always think I can put on certain movies in the background, and I thought, yeah, I can put this on and not do this. The last time I tried to do that with a movie that had, the first time I watched it affected me very emotionally was The Fountain. The Fountain. Darren Aronofsky. It's the Darren Aronofsky. It's actually my favorite of his. It's the one that feels very much like an adult fairy tale. And it has uh, Hugh Jackman and Rachel uh, Vice in it. I, I don't know was... if I've seen this. It's. I really enjoy it. It is very. It is a fairy tale. Um, um, and it involves. Not exactly time travel, but a, a perception on the nature of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it it's fascinating. And 
I I just remember the first time I watched it, I was just, I was uncontrollably crying through more of it than I expected to be, and by the end of it, I was like just a mess. Mm. So I think the last time I tried to watch it, I'm like I put it on, and I'm like, oh no, I I can't actually do this right now. I'm this is a bad idea. I'm going to I'm going to put on something with explosions in it. <laughs> Uh, I'm watching the trailer right now, but it's kind of taking a while to really clear clearly tell me what's going on here. Like, yeah. That's a, for a different movie. Anyway, um, I'm trying to think of a movie that that has done that to me besides Everything Everywhere uh, in in recent history, and uh, I can't. I'm sure it exists. I just you know. It's just not, it's just not, I'm not accessing that information right now. Um, I, I do love like a good devastating story, right? Like the, like the more mm-hmm. like bleak, the better. I don't know why that is, but it is. Um, but most of the time, uh, or it's very infrequent that I see something like a dramatic, uh, piece of work that is both devastating and relatable. So, uh, yeah, it, I'm, I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a, it's a pretty short list, but th- that would be the kind of thing that's going to like have me just like sobbing uncontrollably. It's the more, more relatable it is, I think. I don't know that I, I'm not necessarily moved by bleak films like that. Like I understand them. And I I can appreciate them for what they are. Like, what's the what was the one from recent years? The Road, is that what it was called? The one with uh, Vigo Mortensen, and he was traveling with a kid, and it's post apocalyptic. Mm. There's, I mean, it is two hours of them wandering through. Yeah, the road. Okay, um, it's two hours of them wandering through what's left of the world and having a moment of brief happiness in a bunker. But other than that, that's, it's just, there's, there's just, it's just bleak. Um, Yeah. And you're not based on a, It's not that I'm not into it. It's just that that's not what. God, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's maybe it's I don't need the reminder that more people than I'm comfortable with believe that is the inevitable outcome. Mm -hmm. And. I don't believe in that inevitable outcome. I don't believe that's inevitable. I don't believe that, um, like in at my core, I I don't believe that we are going to do ourselves in that we are not the worst thing in the world. Um, we're not great. We can certainly do some work on ourselves, yeah. um, but. And I think sometimes the the 
Oh, that's weird. Uh, the, I guess the reason I, 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 sorry, I am all over the map. <laughs> um, part of this is from thinking about everything everywhere all at once, because part of that, that the core of that movie is to talk about the fact that how do you fight ultimate nihilism? Mm-hmm. Like that, that's where, uh, Jobu Tupaki was. Yeah, we're ready. Um, so before we invite our guest Steve Coker on to tell us about his new show coming up, this is the perfect time to talk about our sponsors. First up, of course, we have got Guardian Games. They have been our longest and most fantastic spart- <laughs> sponsor. Check them out at 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. We are coming up on the D&D movie Honor Among Thieves. That's going to drop on March 31st. And all the reviews coming in saying that it's not only like fun, but it's like charming and smart. And you don't have to be a D&D nerd to like really get into it. I'm cautiously optimistic. But this is a way to say that like maybe before or after you see that movie, you might have like an interest in D&D now. Like, okay, is this kind of how the game goes? Well, it, it depends how you run it. Um, you can go to Guardian Games and there, I think there are now three different like intro sets. I think there is like an essentials box, a starter box, and then there's a third one. They all have different names. They're all really good. Uh, they're all slightly different styles of gameplay, but they're all still D&D and they're all 20 bucks. So if, and that comes with everything you need for the first few levels for the players, the DM, a set of kind of generic shareable dice. Really, everything you need to see if that's going to be your jam. So check them out. Check it out at Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. Guardian Games. And then next up, Revnat's Hard Cider. Uh, the cool thing to talk about is now I can say it officially. Reverend Nat is bringing back his tap room. It is now going to be on, I believe, Southeast Division and roughly 35th. So completely different area of Portland, uh, but it's definitely going to have an area that's more conducive to, you know, hanging out. Um, I'm super jazzed for it. I've known about this for a while and I've had to keep it quiet. But um, yeah, he made the announcement today. Revnat is opening up a tap room again. I think it's going to open towards like the last week of March. So keep following us and we'll keep you updated for sure. Maybe we'll have him on soon once they get more established. Uh, have him talk about why he brought it back. So that's really cool. So congrats to Revnat. And then before we get back to the show, this is kind of related to Rev Nats. Um, we announced this a few weeks ago. Geek in the City is sponsoring the Pacific Northwest's first homebrew mead tournament, Your Honey or Your Life. So um, I know we got a lot of brewers that listen to the show and homebrewers. You know, hey, go for it. It's only 10 bucks to to uh, submit your, your mead entry or per mead entry. So just check out yourhoneyoryourlife.com. It's exactly how it sounds. Yourhoneyoryourlife.com. Because even though I don't like puns, I do like them when they're connected to brewing. So check that out. And uh, yeah, let's get back to the show. Hey, look who it is. Hello. 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 I was just sitting, waiting, and Google was spinning and spinning. Sorry about that. I, you know, I had my... Had my pose ready. We can start over if you want. Trying to pull something like that, and it just you know, I've got when will I learn? 
<laughs> Just be genuine, man. <laughs> well, uh, I, have a, I have an intro that I have for you, so we could totally start you over again. We'll oh. just pretend like this part isn't yeah, Do it. Here, I'll just hold that here, hold pose, on. Hold on. And, and she'll read the intro. <laughs> uh, uh, Steve, like Aaron there. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is very Aaron. Uh, okay, here we go. Steve Poker is the brains behind Stageworks, Inc., Portland's live musical parody theater production company. And he has brought us such wonderful works as Flash, Ah, uh, The Three Amigos, uh, and the board game Dex Dixon, Paranormal Detective. Um, I think I might have pronounced that right. I was like written that wrong. Uh, but anyway, tonight, Steve is here to talk about the reprisal of Varsity Cheerleader Werewolves Live from Outer Space. It's true. The show you knew you kind of wanted again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 10 years is a long time to wait. Well, we did it five years ago um, as a revival. Uh, when we first did it, it was basically just a, a screenplay that we that we took from, from two hours to about 67 minutes, added a couple of musical numbers, and put girls in cheerleading costumes in a bar setting. Um, <laughs> and it was... <laughs> It was uh, basically I was afraid that reading the script straight was going to bore people for two and a half hours in a bar. Sure. You know, so we trimmed it down. And uh, once the, I trimmed it, the actors were like, I could memorize this. And I'm like, all right, go ahead. You know, anything we can do to make it more entertaining. So having heard me say that, uh, they all wanted to wear costumes and. Then uh, dance numbers happened and, and somebody, we were trying to figure out how to make the cheerleaders turn into werewolves. And then somebody said, why can't they just be sexy? And I said, why not? Yep. <laughs> so, so the show uh, kind of blossomed out of that. And then five years later, I decided to turn it into a jukebox musical. Uh, so we added 16 great eighties songs, overplayed jukebox tunes. And, uh, and uh, just uh, kind of expanded the script a little bit more. And, and it was just a huge success. Everybody really loved it. And so here we are now, 10 years after the initial show, five years after the uh, revival and musicalization of it. Mm-hmm. And it just happens to be 10 years because it was the first show we ever did for our company. So we're now 10 years old. Can't even believe it. Wow. That's so fantastic. It's, it's you're not just celebrating the anniversary of uh, Varsity Cheerleader Werewolves from Outer Space. You're also celebrating the 10-year anniversary of Stageworks. That's right. And the five-year anniversary of the Chapel Theater. Oh, that's great. And the owners of the Chapel Theater, Ilya, who's been on the show before, he and his wife, Corinne, met doing the first show 10 years ago. Huh. Um, and so... It's kind of ten year anniversary of them meeting as well, so it's it's a pretty awesome, all encompassing production. So, I am excited. <laughs> I'm like, where do we go? Where do we go from here? Um, well, let's let's talk a little bit more about like that that process of like having gone from like this like two hour script and then truncating it down and then expanding it out again. Yeah, I did theater in in college and in high school. Um, but I honestly was really getting away from it and going to film more. And so I never intended to have a theater company. That was never my goal or, or, uh, you know, even in my thought process, I was writing screenplays and teaching screenwriting 
And after I wrote Dex Dixon one night, my then wife, uh, after a, a wine party, asked me, what is your next uh, screenplay going to be? And I just blurted out, varsity cheerleader werewolves from outer space. Duh. You know? <laughs> and, <laughs> and she was like, I would like to see that movie. But it was a couple years after that that I finally, when I was teaching a class, I used to write a script when I was working with my students. Um, and I just decided to try and make that a thing, you know, and it just kind of came out, uh, all of the wolf and, uh, um, uh, allegories from the, the, um, all the fables and things, you know, little mm-hmm. red riding hood, three little, uh, big bad wolf and, uh, the boy who cried wolf. I kind of worked them all into the story in kind of interesting ways. And we started doing these readings of screenplays, uh, from some of my students and some of my friends and some of my own originals. And we would add slides and we would add sound effects. And we called it Scriptorama. And it was like, you know, just trying to make these reads more interesting. Because uh, I guess the theater never really left, right? Right. Um, and uh, uh, at that time, um, I don't know if you remember or not, but the Jack London uh, had you know, has the bar, uh, in, uh, at the Rialto mm-hmm. in the basement. And they were doing a lot of like science fiction kind of base things. And, um, so we got to do a couple of reads there and the then manager said, Steve, you got to bring varsity to the bar. And so I then from there, that's when it kind of took off. But afterwards people just kept going, what's next? What are you going to do next? What's next? And I'm like, um, I guess we could do Dex Dixon as a cabaret. Right. So then we did that, um, which then of course leapfrogged into another full on musical. Mm -hmm. But, uh, that after we did that, I had no idea what to do. And that's when a friend of mine was suggested flash that we do that. And I think that was when we really kind of cemented what our, what our theater company really was, you know, originals and parodies or homage to eighties and nineties comedies or uh, occult films. And so that's, that's kind of how that expanded and became a, a theater company. And then it was just like, what's next, what's next. You know, there's, once you start this thing, it's like, you know, sticking a needle in your arm. You, know, you can't wait. <laughs> oh yeah. You can't yep. to do it again. And I started acting with the company then in Flash. I wasn't really performing much in, until Dex and Flash. But after I did that, then it, we were always just like, well, what part are you going to play? And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Twisted <laughs> my arm. Because I just wanted to play with my friends, you know, honestly. I didn't realize that. I mean, I think just from the purity of just wanting to have some fun, we kind of created something that was interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. We never really had a home. We were always kind of moving around to different theater venues so i think had we ever been able to land and find a place i think we would have maybe been a little more successful or done a little bit more um but i'm, I'm happy with what we have done and and kind of where we've gotten to and again this is the 10th season that i will say i don't know if i'll do it again <laughs> right uh, I, I feel like that. in this very setting, you have you have intimated that this was the end of this particular road. I I think I have said that, yeah. But you know, I mean, I've been I've been directing a lot more for main stage theater in Portland and kind of got more involved in some other companies. And you know how it is—you're kind of 
drawn away from your your baby but in some ways it's really nice because i only have to direct or i only have to act i don't have to create everything and and push it forward and create all the advertising and i mean because i it's i'm a one man band generally Mm -hmm. uh when it comes to producing these shows um not that people haven't offered or whatnot i take the help when i can but there is something to be said about being the monkey in someone else's circus for a while. <laughs> exactly. Yep. There's a lot less pressure on me, even though it's like, you know, hundreds of more people coming to see the show and yep. huge budgets, but it's not my money. Right. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, yeah, and I, just I'm, all of the decision making, right? Like just like the, the managing hmm. of people and the the finances and just all of those little elements that go Which, into small yeah. business. Which is they're all they're all great by themselves, but yeah, if you have to do it all, yeah, those are not inherently part of directing a play or writing a script. They're no, they're all the things that come with. I don't know. We talked talked about when we were doing the when we were working on the game, how generally when things start to become work, I'm like, "Mm, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) What's that shiny thing over there? Yep. Um, you mentioned the word, uh, you mentioned that if you found a theater, a place to land that maybe you would have been uh, like stage works would have been more successful. I, as an out, as mostly an outsider to the theater, um, scene in Portland, like I, I have only been part of, I guess, technically two theater companies, but they were very niche, like, Trek in the Park and Fright Town had right. very specific things that they did. Um, like anytime anything makes it to ten years, it's like now that in Portland that is a measure of success in and of itself because most things last about we've ten months. Made, we've never made a dime. We've never made a dime. Not one dime. <laughs> you know, not that I do it for money, but yeah. it's like uh, you know when. Every single show is like starting over because mm. uh, everything I have to beg, borrow, steal, convince people to work for nothing up front and, you know, cre- and, and find a place to rent and, you know, all of those things that go into it. It's like every single show we do, it's like starting over. Mm-hmm. And I think more what I was thinking of was, you know, having a place where people can find you where you're able to produce show after show. There happens to be a little more of that influx of cash that allows you to have a budget that allows you to um, do more gotcha. you know so i think that's more what i was talking about i feel i feel like our shows have been successful artistically absolutely yeah um, people have heard of them they know of them but but they never really know where to go to find us until we're you know uh, producing something that makes sense and that's where we can help is like we will tell help tell people that i love it why you're thank here. you um <laughs> I, I think that's what uh, I don't want to speak completely for uh, Aaron and Denise, but like that is to me, that is part of why we exist is so that we can find people like you and help you get the word out because what you're doing is great. Um, and yes, we do. You. <laughs> you are, you're having some cat time, aren't you? Yeah. It, <laughs> I'm surprised that mine hasn't joined the cat party. Now um, that I don't do this regularly, I think she's kind of like, Oh, oh, you're doing that thing again. So she's late. I'm going to walk loves, in front of you. She loves to do a couple drive-bys when I'm yep. when I'm streaming. So, <laughs> But I, I, I do always like it um, when... Like, I get that everyone normally measures success in money. 
and financial gain. But I, I do appreciate artists who are especially finding like, oh, success can actually mean we did a thing and we did it well and people responded to it. And I re like I accomplished the thing that I wanted to do. It doesn't matter. Like, it's nice when it, it comes with a paycheck. Sure. But that is not the end result, creating the art. I, I would love result. to be able to pay the actors more, yep. that kind of thing. You know, that's a, that's a big thing. Everybody's so kind and they're so generous with their time and their talent. And at the end of every production, I'm always like, okay, what can I, what can I do? You know, I'd like right. to give more money to them. Yep. Um, I, I don't want to be that guy that's always asking favors. You know? No, nobody does. And, and yeah. like, that's definitely why it, that's where I start leaning politically and going, and this is why we need universal basic income. <laughs> so yep. that artists don't have to worry about this. They can just create Where, where are those patrons? Where are the patrons that, that used to, to exist? For, That's... Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I mean, like, if we want to be oblique and realistic for a moment, a lot of them are dead. The last three years killed a lot of people. Um, <laughs> and some of them were patrons of the arts. Uh, I think the other thing is, too, Portland is great at being an arts supporter. They haven't figured out the patronage part very well. Yeah. And that's not to disparage no. people that, I mean, everybody goes out. I mean, everybody tries. And, you know, we do arts for all and, you know, all of those things so that we try and bring the art to, to the community that yes. that is hungry for it. And I do measure all of our show successes by the, just the applause, the ridiculous, you know, responses to this, this show in particular. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a really beautiful video that we did of the closing night five years ago. And it was just laughs from top to bottom. It was people were having just the best time. And it doesn't hurt that the chapel has a bar. <laughs> I mean, that, that certainly helps. But Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely, you know, I mean, how can I not be proud of Flash and, and of, you know, this show and, and um, you know, Three Amigos and Xana Redo and all of those things that we did that I think landed so just right they just you know they just landed just right and every single time we do a show i think this might be my favorite <laughs> <laughs> i i remember going to see flat like after we had i think after the first time that you were on and you talked about flash i i bought my ticket for flash and then we had a horrible snowstorm oh that's right uh that yeah when we were at the alberta abbey yeah what you, year was that um, 2000 um 17 or 18? Yeah, I think so. 17 maybe? Right. Um, mm -hmm. But I do remember the weather was horrible. Uh, getting there was an interesting... It was an interesting bus ride. <laughs> um, and I know a lot of people didn't show up that night. You still... All of you put on the show. All of you were there. Uh, you put on a show that played as if you were playing to a packed house. And I know that you weren't. And it's like that, that, that's right there. That is an ability to do that is what wins me over immediately. It's like, oh, it, you're doing this because you love it. I'm going to go. Yeah, everyone it I is know. definitely <laughs> selfish. It's a selfish endeavor for sure. We love doing it so much. Yeah. 
but you, you know you that uh, that it's like, is there anybody in the house tonight? I could say there's three people and we'd be like, let's go. Yep. You know, uh, you get to sing all those great songs and interact with your friends who are really there to sabotage you and make you laugh <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, poke fun at each other. And it just comes across, you know, the audience gets it. You know, I always, I kind of jokingly say to people who are of an, a certain age, you know, anyone who's ever seen the Carol Burnett show and how that mm-hmm. group of people worked together and laughed with each other. And I guess you can even go with the SNL with, you know, uh, some of the, some of the, st- you know, people just cracking up during sketches. <laughs> you know. Um I don't know who doesn't appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, it's for me, it humanizes it. It makes them feel close to us. It It's not snooty or snobby or preachy or anything that, that theater can be, you sure. know, like a lot of modern plays are so preachy and so depressing. And I have always just said, I'm only going to do shows that uplift, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, there's so many other people making you think that I don't, I mean, actually, I honestly have said to the cast before, just keep it moving. Don't act so much. Don't let them know how stupid the show is. <laughs> Never give them a moment to know just how dumb this is. I, I this, love that as a piece of stage direction of don't act so much. <laughs> don't act so much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's but great. you know, if I can just get serious for a moment, mm-hmm. acting is truly reacting. There is no moment of action. Everything is a response to something that happened before. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that that is both true and ridiculous and ridiculous yeah, at the same time well i mean it is it's i mean my ex-wife used to always say i don't like actors they're a bunch of liars and i said actually the actors are the only people telling the truth mm-hmm. you know they're 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 telling the truth of the author they're telling the truth of the story mm-hmm. of the the relationships I don't care how stupid or goofy it is. And, and, and you know that we don't play for laughs. We play everything as straight as we possibly can right. because that's what's funny about mm-hmm. it. And we, don't, and we don't fool around with the music. We, the music is always, as I've said many times, it's like a concert with a little show sprinkled in, right? Well, I want that music to, to really shine and to be as good as possible. You know? Oh, my God, I got... Some people in the show are, are commenting. Yeah. Todd, Todd A. Robinson, um, I live for the applause. That's true. Todd's a real a real whore for applause. <laughs> make, the, make the noise. I live for the noise. Todd was in the last uh, Flash Gordon that we did. He played Ming. Um, and then, uh, and now he's. Oh, um, Ming was wonderful. Yes, and he shaved his head for this. I mean, talk about commitment. This guy will shave his head. If I, I could just come up with something and I'd say, hey, you know, I think this character needs uh, probably like a split lip and a, some sort of a piercing. Todd would probably go right out and get it taken care of. <laughs> That's <Man>. commitment. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, speaking for you, Todd. <laughs> the kind of cool thing about this show, too, is that we do have some people that were in the original show okay. 10 years ago coming back. Um, so Ilya, he was in the original show, but then he didn't come back for the, um, the, the revival because they had just opened the theater and he had just had a child and he was, you know, it was just the wrong time for him to be in a production. Sure. Um, so he didn't come back for that. 
uh Corinne same thing she uh, you know she was uh she's uh she's the own uh the co-founder of Trip the Dark Dance Company okay um and just too busy at that time to do it um let's see he'll, uh, Doug Martell was uh, from the original production he's come back he's been in every production actually of the show um some people from last time uh Amanda Healy um Sean Lamb Landy Lamb uh, you know, these are a big fun house people that have been in my show several times. Uh, they've come back. Um, uh, me, <laughs> I came back this time. That's good. That's good. I wasn't in the original production, but I was in the, in the, the five-year revival. Um, and then, um, most of the cheerleaders have been new this time as well, but the costumes have been here since the first show. <laughs> They've been here since 1986 <laughs> for the cheerleaders. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> yeah, my ex-girlfriend from high school, I called her when we first did this show and said, do you still have your uh, cheerleading uniforms? She goes, I've got like six of them. So I uh, picked those up and they became a part of the show. So that's really fun because it takes place in 1986 in Kalama, Washington. Mm-hmm. So we have these vintage cheerleading uh, uniforms from from then and there. Sure. And uh, the, and now, <laughs> so, I, I, I am left with the question of why? Like I would have understood if she had one. Why did mm. she have six? Because throughout uh, her junior high and high school career, she was uh, cheerleader for I think three different teams and away and home outfits. Oh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, they're all hers. They're all hers. Fascinating. Yes. Okay. But I've disconnected all thoughts to the past. I only see the now. <laughs> uh, let's. It's uh, again one of those bougie things that we think actors say. Right. <laughs> snooty, snooty artistic things. Um, yep. For anyone who's listening who maybe hasn't seen one of the previous iterations, uh, do you want to give a synopsis, synopsis of what, yeah. what Varsity Cheerleader Werewolves is? Either one, synopsis or a synopsis, whichever one you prefer. Synopsis, synopsis. You got it, synopsis. That only happens in the rarest of places on the on the earth, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh, and most of the actors are deadly in that version. Uh, so the show takes place in 1986, a small town in Washington, Kalama, mm-hmm. and a young girl uh, and her father have moved back to their hometown. Sounds a little twilighty, yes, on purpose. Um, this girl has had troubles throughout her uh, schooling. She's a derby girl put in a small town, and she's just trying to fit in because her father has moved her there to keep her out of trouble. And of course, uh, she doesn't really fit in with the town, and is at odds with the the uh, captain of the cheerleading squad and. Um, that just happens to be uh, the moment when an alien invasion uh, happens in their small town. And all of the uh, varsity cheerleaders are, uh, are possessed by aliens and uh, are trying to take over the earth. And it's up to Stacy, uh, Derby girl, Stacy and her, um, her teen angst filled um, friend, uh, Dean Jameson reverse that. James Dean, uh-huh. Dean James, you got it. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm mansplaining now. Um, and then uh, and their grandparents, 
basically, who had gone through the same exact thing 50 years before, but had beat the aliens back, as we discover throughout the course of the show. So that is the main premise of it. And then uh, stick in a bunch of amazing 80s tunes done the way the stage works does, which is they're not there for any other reason than to move the story forward. So it's, it's you know, it's not uh, not just arbitrarily stuck in for being stuck in sake. Well, maybe there's one. <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> uh, and remind me, like, unlike Flash, where it's all Queen songs, for cheerleaders, it's it's a variety of artists, right? Yeah, we've got um, Cindy Lauper. Actually, a couple Cindy Lauper songs, a couple of Cars songs. Um, uh, my favorite '80s tune, Major Tom, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, is opens the show, um, and, and uh, there's some deep cuts, some really fun surprises that I won't talk about. But the you know, <laughs> yeah, don't give it. Uh, don't there's give some too much ones away. that. Yeah, the the kind of funny thing about it is, and I was working working with our musical director on it. Uh, he's like, "Why are you like? I'll trim a lot of the songs down to just like you know short versions." Um, and he's like, "Well, I kind of wish we did the whole song," but I'm like, "Yeah, but in this situation, as soon as the song starts, the punchline is over." You know what I mean? Like it's the joke is that this song is being put in this place and is telling this story. Like I'll give you one example. Uh, I do drive by the cars, but it's actually a song to from a father to his daughter about how she's going to get home (laughs) after the game. It establishes this relationship and it's, it's actually very touching. It's like, (laughs) you know, Um, so those are kind of the things that we did. We tried to take those songs and put them in a context that, that helped tell the story. People will sing along and I want them to. Oh, good. But they might uh, they might just be jarred by some of the cuts and edits. They, might, <laughs> they got that word <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Here's uh, Todd's thrown out there. Yeah, Duran Duran, Chicago. Geez, I wonder what song Duran Duran did that would fit in the Carson <laughs> Okay. <Right. laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, it it is really just from top to bottom, just a great time. Um, for, for us as much as them, you know. And for folks who are here in the Portland metro area, it, all of these tickets for the shows are available on the Stagework Inc. website. Yeah, you can go. There's a link on our site, or you can go to uh, stageworkstickets.com. We have a, a, a ticket-specific site there. Uh, on that site, you can – actually, if you go there and you purchase your tickets, you'll save $3 uh, from the door price. Um, and we do have some VIP first row seating uh, tickets available for people who go on there as well. Yeah, I um, I, I was just looking at the page because I was looking at the ticket prices. So they're they're twenty five dollars a seat, thirty dollars for the VIP, which is the first two rows of the stage. Correct. So. Yeah, it's like fourteen like fourteen seats that are available for each performance for that. Uh, on the matinee shows, we just have general admission uh, twenty one dollars. And uh, yeah, general admission, mm-hmm. uh, major discount. <laughs> <Yep>. uh, <laughs> that's so bad. <laughs> um, you're, 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 you should, you should feel right at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always do. I always feel. I always wonder why. Why am I not on more? I, I mean, I feel. I feel you guys. This is true. <laughs> I, we we do see you often in the chat. It's like, hey, it's Steve. 
Um, yeah, I'll pop, I'll pop in, you know, when I can for sure. Um, I do like the fact that you have matinee shows. Um, that like that's always nice for folks that uh, oh you do Saturday matinees and s- only sat- on the final weekend. on the final week final weekend okay yeah like oof hey Norm from Texas I also a regular looks like Norm has a question yes uh, you can just ask <laughs> it Norm you don't have to raise your hand <laughs> but we appreciate the on you know the respect <laughs> it, 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 you can take the boy out of Texas but you can't take the Texas out of the boy. Uh, we have done neither of those things. So. This is true, right? He's still in Texas. That, 100% that was Texas. A, that was a uh, uh, that was a, a a piece that you removed in operation. <laughs> um, Texas, Texas toast. Oh, look at this! Look at this question. Wait. What show would be better for a musical, Deep Space Nine or Babylon Five? Well, I am a huge Deep Space Nine fan. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, I probably wouldn't <laughs> tackle it. Um, I find that the kind of inherent cheesiness of Babylon Five, even though it was brilliantly written out for you know full all five seasons, um, yeah, exactly right. I, it's so ridiculous that I think it would be a more fun uh, musical. Now, would it be jukebox or would we write original tunes? That's the question. Mm. Or ad libs, completely ad libbed every night. Yeah, musical numbers. That's uh, it's a great question. I, I don't know that I would tackle either of those, but Babylon Five would be my my choice. Gotcha. Yeah, I think uh, I'm trying to remember which of it, the new tracks. It is, but one of the new treks is planning a musical episode. So, uh, almost certainly, strange new worlds. It, no, it's. I hope it's lower decks. Because, I, I feel like it's lower decks. Yeah, I just, I just honestly think that I would only accept it in that format. You're forgetting that uh, Strange New Worlds has already done like a fantasy. Yeah, but it made sense in the context of it. I mean, I, I think. We're going to go in a little deep dive here for a second because mm-hmm. I do appreciate the musical episodes of most shows. And when you look at Buffy, I think they did it right within the context of the world of Buffy yep. because they turned it into a demon that caused it mm-hmm. to happen. How do you justify it on Strange New Worlds? An alien? Yes, but that's already been done. So that would be my my kind of I kind of I guess I'd be a little disappointed if they they'd have to come up with something real clever. Yeah, and that isn't Q. Because that's that isn't Q exactly, Q. yeah. Because that's, yep, that's that God, no. you can get people in trouble by by coincidence, but you can never get them out of trouble with coincidence, mm-hmm. and that's I think what you run into, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think that that oh, and what was also let me just finish my thought on that Buffy thing. The more brilliant thing about it was the next week when they said previously on Buffy, they did all the scenes without the music, yep. Yeah, they did. Because the demon had been dispelled. All of that had never happened. It was all just, I just, they always did such a great job uh, tying those together. I never knew that about the musical episode. I, mm-hmm. it's the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I've never seen any of them, yeah. so. All, what? I Wait, know. How do, you I shut, know. how do you shut off? <laughs> um, I'm your host, see? That, that's, oh, that's right. That's right. That's going to be <laughs> I our next. Show education will be uh, going through Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
I, I, I do start to worry that it's been too long. You know, now I can't, I do, now I can't I, text her back. You, Buffy? If this gets into a conversation <laughs> we were having uh, before you came on where it was. No, I heard oh, that. Oh, yeah, 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 that thing. Say, oh, I'm so glad I was going to say that you, you definitely need, you send the text on your way to the theater to see the movie that you missed. And then you come into the conversation with fresh new perspectives that people who di- saw it two weeks ago don't have. See, there you go. And that's that's, 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 that's the whole, that's my whole raison d'etre in podcasting. So we kind of moved <laughs> away from that. Yep. I will say, be ready. The first season of Buffy, it takes a little bit of getting used to. It's also a little dated now. So it's very, yeah. Yeah. So if I can just make it to the first of... season of Deep Space Nine or any of Enterprise, I think I can handle. Oh my God. I know. I just finally finished Enterprise. I had to go back. <laughs> I was like, okay, I didn't see the last two seasons because I couldn't stand the theme song. That's a dumb reason. Now I can skip that thing. Yep. And there's no reason for me not to watch it. I hate that theme song so goddamn much. Yep. I, hate I hate it with with, I, with enthusiasm. I was. It I, made me. It made me hate the uh, Firefly one. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I uh, like. I was fine with the first season. Like I had crit- criticisms, but there was a lot that a potential there. The second season, sexy slow motion lotions. Yeah. Did you love that about the first? No, season? I hate that. I hated so that. So fucking so thirsty. Much. God. Um, like they're like, no, we're doing it to the guys too. It's like d- stop doing it to both of them. Just, Just stop. Stop. Like this is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What... This has never been a thing. This no, is no, it hasn't. no but science fiction has like, ever had this premise. Just stop it. You're being way too thirsty. Yeah. First season, yep. it's like okay. The, I see all of the the potential of it. The second season, it's like, well, now you're just rehashing shit you did in the first season. That oh, that's dumb. And then the third season, it's like, oh god, okay, fine, get. 9-11 out of your system and then get back to Star Trek for the love. Well, of you know, then I think season three, they realize, oh shit, we signed a five-year contract with Bakula. We've got to finish this up. <laughs> um, and then fourth season was, oh, look at that. Someone, someone at Star Trek Enterprise remembered that you're Star Trek and you pu- started putting Star Trek back in your Star Trek show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I do I do appreciate the Andorian aspect of it. Like nobody else ever really spent any time with that race. Uh so that was fun to kind of see that happen, not necessarily that it was the right way to go. Um, in the same way that Deep Space Nine did a deep dive into Ferengi and even more into Klingon. Yep. You know, those I love when they do things like that because it gives us so much more context and makes those characters so much more than, um, oh, this is going to be the new bad guy, but they're so silly we can't. And the (laughs) thing is, they they already had their hands on a resource to give you that deep dive into Vulcans because, um, and Mm -hmm. now I'm not going to think of her name, but uh, to Paul, or to Paul, she, that actress was a diehard Star Trek fan and could t- probably could have told you more about Vulcans than anyone on their fucking writing team, and they squandered her Frank, as a resource. <laughs> she did a lot. She, she, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's what Strange New Worlds, which I'm going to say it. I'll make I'll make the statement. My favorite Star Trek of all time. You're not alone, and I'm not. I'm not saying that because I'm doing the. I'm <laughs> trying to do the, the Pike. Pike. <laughs> yeah. Pike's Peak. <laughs> My adult pompadour. Um, but, okay, I am saying it because of that. But also, 
because the writing is incredible. Yeah, it is. And they are and they're taking that opportunity to dig into the the Vulcans mm-hmm. in another way, which is cool. Um, making the Gorn actually awesome. Yep. As opposed to, yep, it's a guy in a rubber suit. Oh no, it's That's not. Right. <laughs> uh, so I think there's a lot, a lot going on there. That um, God, we they just hit like lightning in a bottle for the second time with the with the casting of the three main mm-hmm. people together. Oh yeah, um, and going back to episodic versus, you know, mm-hmm. watching each episode alone is you're still getting a little taste of Pike's journey, mm-hmm. but it's not the overall. It, it's because they made the decision that what needed to be episodic was the story of the week. The, the part that needs to be a continuing long drawn out story is the character development. Yes. Like, yes, right. that's, that's what we've wanted all along. Yeah. So take all the great cinematics from the other shows that were brilliant. Mm-hmm. Put the put the best writing team possible on this thing, mm-hmm. a great cast, and boom. Yep. The the, the formula is, is perfect. Yep. Uh, I don't think uh, we can ever say enough good things world. about Strange New Worlds. No. Yeah. No, I don't think we yeah, can. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, we can. We, we got another season. We got we'll we'll have even more things to talk about. <laughs> I can't wait. I can, I can hardly wait. Um <laughs> But in the meantime... Um, in the meantime, if you're going to see one science fiction-based show this season, see Varsity Cheerleader Werewolves live from outer space. If you're going to see two, see it twice. <laughs> uh, the tickets are I very do, affordable. I, I do honestly tell people to want, to come the first weekend because there's going to be somebody in their life that they're going to have to show it to. Mm-hmm. So it's best to come that first weekend and then and then you'll be able to get tickets for the uh, you know the next two weekends. Yeah, that's uh, that is exactly what I'm looking at. I'm like, okay, what do I have going on? Because it, it's like, which Thursday or Friday or Saturday am I going to try and come to? Like we I, get all the Guardian people together, and we'll talk about a little a groupie discount. Mm. Mm. <laughs> that's tricky. Because okay, retail hours. Um, yeah, but there's probably some people that wouldn't appreciate it as much. You can have them work that night. The, one Did you make the schedule? <laughs> um, that's a point of contention. Um, <laughs> I have been on. letting people... No, I am not presently writing the schedule, though I, I am <laughs> management at this company, so I have a little more than some say. So, um, how do we get how do we get Norm from Texas up here for the show? He seems most enthusiastic. We should, you know. Uh, I guess someone needs to bankroll his ticket from Texas to Portland. Patrons, again, let's go back to patrons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I see. This is why I love championing um, theater companies on this show. Um, theater companies, filmmakers, artists of all stripes. Because I feel like so many people still believe that the arts are inaccessible and they are something that only money people with money can have and do. And that's mm. so not true. There's And there are so many ways to engage people with the arts. Like people who think that, art is, that theater is too stuffy need to come to your shows to understand. It's like, nah, that, that's not all theater is that is what some theater is 
but the, right. the whole That's point true. of theater is yeah. you get up on a stage and you tell a story to a crowd. I can, I can tell you there's so many people that come to me and say, I hate musicals, mm-hmm. but I love your shows. See? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I mean, I think a lot of that has to do with the reason people hate musicals is because all of a sudden, Hey, we're walking down the street and all of a sudden, the mustard stain came out. You know, like, <laughs> they caught the right. mustard out. Yeah. It's like that, even though he was parodying that, it's the truth. Mm-hmm. That out of nowhere, suddenly you're going to, people break into song and dance. And the thing about the very first Flash musical, which wasn't mine, it was an actual London version. It was so on the nose in the sense like, oh, I'm feeling this intense pressure. Pressure. <laughs> That's not how you put a song into a show. No. <laughs> you know, it, you have to have a reason for it to be there to move the story forward. You know, mm-hmm. um, that is, uh, oh, we just got a note from Tova who's playing Stacy this year. Mm. She's like, uh, she's using her personal profile. Oh, very nice. This is it's this is good. I'm learning more about my cat. Now we know, now we know your government name. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um the but that I think that's one of the things and my ex-wife was a huge hater of musicals mm-hmm. and still to this day will come and see anything that we put on um and she's not a person that will support you just cuz you're like married to them or anything like that. She she genuinely hates musical theater well theater altogether but loves the shows that we do because of our reverence because of our yeah just having fun with it you know and and that's that is definitely the message that i want to help you get out there it's like well thank you that that that's what we're here for um much appreciated yeah so i i do encourage people in portland to definitely check this out uh i'm I'm gonna. I'll even let people from Vancouver come. We've been to you know? a no small number of of Steve's shows. Um, mm-hmm. They're always hilarious. You're you're gonna have a great time. You're gonna want to see it again. This yeah. is true. I'm so excited to 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 bring it back to people and uh, um, just have a blast. You know, I'm, I said, it's very selfish. I'm so excited to do it, <laughs> you know? Good. And um, I'm, uh, I am, um, I'm also directing uh, the full Monty for stage uh, for Stumptown stages in June. Oh. And several of the actors in this show are also going to be in that show. Um, fair warning. I will be naked in the show there. It's uh, it's going to happen. You did say it's the so full Monty, to- right? The so full you heard it here, yeah, folks. We're going to see yeah. Steve's poker. <laughs> Hopefully not. If the lighting person screws up that final <laughs> movie, there's going to be some conversations. Let's just say that. But, <laughs> um, uh, it's such a body positive show. I'm super excited to be a part of it. Um, and uh, we've been we've been able to, um, I think we've been able to kind of diversify at Stumptown and do some more fun things. And so we, it's, it's really nice for them. They're allowing me to rehearse in their rehearsal space mm-hmm. for our, for the varsity show. And um, I, I'm just, I'm finding that bringing my world into their world has been a super fun thing. Actors that have mostly only worked with me or at fun house and things like that are now getting an opportunity to, to be seen in the main stage theaters uh, where in the past they, they mostly, haven't you know they they're it's 
it's kind of like you were saying earlier, you know, about the Oscar nominations, like Wakanda forever getting nominations is awesome. They generally don't nominate uh, like those kind of films or science fiction films yep. or anything like that. So a lot of fringe theater performers aren't given those opportunities and it's harder to do fringe than it is to do regular theater. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a uh, comedy is way more difficult than, than drama. Why do you think Tom Hanks made his leap to drama? <laughs> He's like, I'm working too hard. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, largely why I will go see uh, dramas starring comedians. It's like, oh, okay, this is going to be great. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of all, think of Robin Williams mm-hmm. and all the amazing performances that yep. that he gave that weren't comedic. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, there's there's just something about it. So I I absolutely love bringing film actors and stage actors together, mingling in shows that are just outrageous. Some really um, mostly main stage people who have done our shows have been really kind of out of their element and shocked, and they don't always they don't always embrace the, 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 the process, which is frustrating, mm-hmm. but then opening night comes and all the laughter and they run up to me off, you know, off stage and they're like, I get it. I totally understand now. And I'm like laying in a heap because I've spent the whole time trying to convince them <laughs> <laughs> that just trust the process. Yep. Trust the process. Oh, but yeah, well, in the end. it all comes in. It's, it's a miracle. It really is. Yeah. I, I think that trusting the process is something that, it just comes with experience. Like you can tell a person that all, all day long. And, but yeah. until they've experienced it at least once for themselves, they don't know it exists. They really don't. And then they're, hung- then they're hungry for that experience, yes. you know, every time, you know? Um, and that's, you know, uh, when, like in the producing space of this, like earlier when I was saying, you know, I always think this would be my last show. Uh, somebody likened it to to having giving birth to a baby and then forgetting about that pain and wanting another baby. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, I think that that's true. It's like, oh, uh, all the stress and all the next two weeks are going to be, you know, the most stressful time for me getting the show up and running. Um, but at the end of it, it's just a huge sigh of relief. Well, I guess a huge guffaw of laughter, you know, is more, more truthful. That dopamine and is going to outweigh the, all of the negative feelings. That absolutely. You had. Absolutely. Let's see what, oh, Tova says that they can relate to that. Always taking acting seriously and being in a show like Puffs, which is a, um, I don't know if you know, it's a parody on um, Harry Potter. Okay. Um, and Varsity have just completely rocked their world. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you can see people light up when they get it too. Tova's Tova's really enjoying the process. I can tell. Nice, bringing a lot to uh, bringing a lot to the kind of a different Stacy than we've ever had. Stacy's our lead, but I think Tova really kind of fits the fits the bill uh, for this. There, uh, I don't know that Tova. Would you be upset if I said you were alternative? Mm. Mm. Unusual, interesting, um, g- great timing. Uh, Todd even says that they rock. <laughs> That's fantastic. And, and you know Todd, you know. <laughs> yeah. Todd. you know, Todd's a whore for applause, as we've said, you know. <laughs> uh, but I think um I think we it's a it's a different energy this time than we've ever had for this character, even a little more grounded, I think, in the character than we've had, which I think makes it even more fun. I am looking forward to seeing this new performance. Yep. Yay. So uh for listeners, uh, again, this is gonna be at the Chapel Theater. 
Uh, opening night is Thursday, March 23rd, 730. Uh, tickets again are $25 each or $30 uh, if you want to get VIPs. And that was 21 for the matinees. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. We also have uh, a couple of different things like uh, people. Uh, some people have been very generous. We have an option to tip $5 per ticket to the cast, which that money will all go directly to the cast. Uh, also, I put a link on there to some T-shirts, not just for Varsity, but for also for all of our, our past shows and our company. Mm-hmm. So um, I used to print them and sell them there, but I think it's easier for people just to scan and purchase if they want to. But you can do that on the website or in the program. There will be an option as well. Fantastic. Excellent. Get your Varsity swag. Uh, I, need a, I need a new Flash T-shirt. So. Oh, you definitely do. Uh, I just saw a classic the other day, one of the band members, the original, and this is the original band from, from Flash as well, coming back. Oh, excellent. Um, to play. So um, it's a uh, uh, it's a mixture of people over the years, but um, Zach Holden, who is our guitar player, he was, I want to say he was 17 when we did Flash Aw. Oh, wow. The very first time. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. That's right, because he used it's to great. poach from uh, School of Rock. Yeah, yeah, and now he's teaching there again, so it's kind of oh, all come full circle. That's, that's fantastic. But you know, these guys, these guys, you know what? I came to them. I said, "Hey, we're gonna do the show," and they they made me give them contracts and pay them performance fees. Wow! Smart. Don't, what the that. hell? Don't tell the actors. Oh, <laughs> they, um... That's how that's how uh, artists are finally gonna turn the tables on. Uh, so, on yeah, it's almost exactly. like uh, some of us older folks have been talking to the younger generation of artists well, and God get paid. They <laughs> they have become professional performers and in order for me to get them to do the show, mm-hmm. um then you know they have to give up other gigs. So, you know, um it's it, as my company grows, and that's what I'm saying like I wish I wish we would do more in sales. Yes. To pay more for these performers who deserve it. Um, I love being able to pay people. That's why every cent that I make over what I have to pay for the theater will go to the go to the actors. Right. Yeah. So that's fantastic. So, you know, hit that five dollar tip button. Help me out. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I love that. That is an option on there. Um, yeah. Don't make Don't make Tova have to pay for their own varsity T shirt. No. Yeah. Now Todd's saying he's going to hold out for a contract. <laughs> it's too late now. It was, a, it was a mistake to invite them to this. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> well, I, I think uh, I think that's our time for this evening. It is. Um, yeah, I sure appreciate you guys uh, inviting us on, and uh, I look forward to seeing you out there at the shows or when I'm out buying games I shouldn't be buying. It's it's project <laughs> research. It is. It is project research. It is. It is. It is. And just an update on that, if anybody was listening from before, I did have to cancel this particular campaign. Okay. I'm being told that it's not unusual. Um, I think we had too much game in the box uh, for our first attempt. Um, And so we're going to go back to the drawing board, trim it out a little bit, make it a lot more accessible. And some of those things, like the trolls and some of that other stuff, will become an expansion uh, that you can add on to the game. Uh, later. That's how it's done. That's how it's done. So that's all the updates I have, but thanks, you guys. I really appreciate it. Thank Thank you, Steve. Steve. We appreciate your time. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. I don't know how to get out.
Uh, How do I get out there? <laughs> I was like, Aaron's not here to boot him. What, what do we? Oh have? no, that but that was an appropriate way for him to leave the show. <laughs> like that was uh, that was very Steve. So what um, were we talking about before we were so rudely interrupted? <laughs> uh, I don't remember. No, that's okay. That really is our time. I, Let's you and I yeah. not have another two-hour show like we used to do. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. Yeah, no, because I can pontificate about anything anywhere. All the time, so. Perfect full circle. We, you, and Aaron, and I all need to confer about when we're going to what weekend we're all going to go. Yes, all three of us. Um, Uh, and then we'll tell you guys, and you guys can come too. Yeah. Uh, seriously, if you are in the Portland metro area. If you have any interest at all in theater, even a passing, I don't know if I like theater, please give Stageworks, uh, like, give them a try. It's going to be the most fun you'll have in, like, probably months. I mean, I don't know what you do in your spare time. It could be the most fun thing that week. could be the most fun thing all year. It could be your everything everywhere all at once. Yep. I, I, I know, like, we don't talk about theater on the show a lot. We talk about very specific theater companies mm-hmm. because we have seen their work and we know what they do and we believe in what they do and we want more people engaging with them because not only does that benefit them, it benefits you. When you yes. engage with art and you have art that you connect with, that enriches your life and that starts making you look at the world differently and gives you a better perspective and then you start making the world a better place, and that's what we all need to do. Uh, and I missed my chance to say this earlier, and I don't want it to go by. Mm-hmm. March 23rd is next week. That's next Thursday. So it, it yep. sounds farther away, or maybe it feels farther away than it really is. So like, you should not. really be buying your tickets right now. It does not feel that far away. It feels like it's tomorrow. It's not. It's next week, which is still... Like, tomorrow. I, I, I'm not ready for actual tomorrow, let alone next week tomorrow. Yeah, like I blinked in it. Like it was February. I blinked. It was March. Yep. So that's where we're at. Um, but yeah, next week, uh, I think we're going to try and do some live board game play. I know that we haven't picked anything out yet, but we can talk about that offline. Cool, cool, um, cool. And. With any luck, Aaron will be back with us in studio. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. And then after gameplay, I think we'll finally have our comic book talk. Oh, that's we right. Because to... you guys were going to do that the week that I was gone. And uh, and then that. everything fell apart. Yeah. Right. No, it didn't fall apart. Uh, Aaron had to prepare for Emerald City. Life and... happens. I was yeah. still out of town. Yay. You were out of town. He had to get ready for Emerald City. I had fuck all to do, but it was fine. I, I took the night off. It was great. <laughs> uh, okay. With that. Yes. I am being Arita. And I am Cable Hashitani. And we will talk to you nerds next week. Pew, pew. Now, where did that button go? <laughs>